Hey y'all, it's your wedding planning besties, Angela and Mary. Welcome back to the ring dish where we dish on all things wedding. I'm Angela. We've also got Mary here and we are real life wedding planners in the DFW area. That's Dallas, Fort Worth in Texas. So we plan weddings here locally. We plan weddings all around the country and we can help you anywhere in the world because of this cool thing called Zoom. We offer plenty of services over Zoom, including our most recent brand new service which is called How to Become Your Own Wedding Planner. Over the course of four different Zoom meetings throughout your planning process, we will give you our best tips and tricks and guide you every step of the way so that you can plan your own wedding. This is a perfect gift for one of your friends who is getting married or an excellent way to kind of treat yourself, but also give yourself the support you deserve for your wedding day. You can book a complimentary consultation with us through the link in the show notes to see if this is a good fit for you. And we cannot wait to help you become your own wedding planner. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to manage and build your guest list. We have a lot of really great information for y'all. This is one of the first things that couples do after they get engaged. Okay, now who are we going to invite to the wedding? And we want to give you a little bit of guidance to make this easier easier. Let's go. So we're having this conversation to make your life as a newly engaged couple, just a little bit easier. If you hear nothing else from this episode, one of the things that we love to say, if you are considering putting somebody on your guest list, think about it this way. Would you take them to dinner this weekend and pick up the tab? Is this somebody that you would want to spend that much time with? And is it somebody that you would offer to pay for their dinner and drinks? Because well, that's what you're going to be doing. If you invite them to your wedding, Mary, Mary and I actually have different perspectives on this. So I'm going to share my advice and then Mary's going to come in with hers. I am super in favor of creating an A list and a B list. So kind of doing a brain dump and putting everybody that comes to mind that you think you'd like to spend your wedding day with on one list, you're going to have a list and your fiance is going to have a list that might come out to 300 people. So it's important to make an A list and a B list. A list are the people that are absolutely must invite for you and or for your fiance. And then B list are, I would really like to invite these people, but if we can't afford it, these are the first people that I'm going to have to cross off my list. I'm sad about it, but if it comes down to cost and budget, unfortunately, I'm going to have to let them go. You might remember that last week we talked about one of the biggest budget mistakes couples make for their wedding is inviting too many people. So your B list might come down to, we'd love to have these people celebrate with us, but unfortunately we have to stick to X catering budget, and we can't afford to invite all of our B-list people. Okay. Mary has a different take on A-list and B-list. So Mary, let's hear it. So just point blank, if you're putting people on a B-list, just don't invite them. Um, people will know that they are on the second tier by when they get their invitation and feelings might be hurt. Also, if you're adding people, I'm confused why B list people would know that they were on the B list. Um, it can go by the time they get the invitation. Uh, so why would you send out your invitations before you have your final list though? So I'm talking about if you send out your first round of invitations and you get a lot of no RSVPs, and then you send out a second round of invitations to your B list. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant by A-list and B-list at all. 
Okay. Okay. That's why we're okay. I was wondering why our opinions were so different because what you described, like what you described about putting like brain dumping all of your guests and then figuring out your budget and then figure, figuring out your cost per person and then narrowing it down. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I mean also. And like, but your A-list are like a must have people. I don't know, your closest cousin and your best friend. And your B list is like, I would really love to have that person there, but if we can't afford it, we can't afford it. Yeah. And we see a lot of people who will treat their B list as a second round of invitations. Yeah. So that's, that's not okay. That's why I'm against B list in the in that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. In that case, I am very anti B list. Do not do that. That's tacky. Don't do that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Gosh. Different pages. Okay, we've, we're back. We've arrived. We're on the same page again. Let's rock. Yes. Okay. So we mentioned budget with creating the list of everybody you think you should invite. So we also want to point you back to our episode of should you accept money from your family for your wedding? This is where that idea ties in. If your parents give you a list of people they absolutely want invited who are not on your guest list that you and your fiance created. Did you have this conversation with your parents before about accepting money from them to pay for the wedding? Yes, totally. Because if your parents are paying for it, then you by accepting their money, you've also kind of accepted their demands. Unfortunately, that is what it is, but like it's their money. So if they want to invite people, they are perfectly allowed to. One thing that we do want to touch on here though, is if your or your fiance's family wants to invite people, but you are paying for the wedding, there are two things you can do here. One, you can be super bold and say, yes, you can invite those people and it will cost you X dollars per person. However much it would actually cost you to have those people there. If they want to pay for it, then you can invite those people. Don't forget to include dinner, drinks, and invitation and postage costs. Another way you can approach this subject with either your fiance's family or your family, if they want to invite people, but y'all are paying for the wedding, make sure they actually understand the cost of adding guests to the list. And if you are okay with inviting the people that your family's requested, then say, okay, we will do that just so you know, it's going to cost us $200 a person or whatever your number may be. If you are not okay with inviting the people that your families have requested that you put on your list, remember this is your wedding, your list, especially if you are the one paying for it. And if you're not okay with inviting those people say, unfortunately, because it costs us $200 a person or whatever your number is, we cannot include those people in our wedding day. If you are paying for the wedding and you don't want to invite those people say, sorry, it costs $200 a person. And no, your friend from high school cannot. Yeah. Another decision you and your fiance need to make is, do you want to invite children and do you want to invite plus ones? Now, there are some rules associated with plus ones. If your friend Tiffany from college in another state is married, you have to invite Tiffany and her spouse. If you're having children in your wedding, like ring bearers, flower girls, you have to invite their parents. People don't do well, that. <laughs> uh, another thing with plus ones is if your cousin Becky with the good hair has the new boyfriend every month, 
you are not obligated to give a plus one to anybody who is casually dating, especially if your budget does not allow it. But here is the thing, you have to be consistent across all invitations. All of your friends, all of your family who have casual relationships, that is someone who does not live with them, they are not engaged, they are not married, then you do not have to invite them. I'm here to offer a different perspective on plus ones. I gave almost everybody, pretty sure I gave everybody on the guest list a plus one because my thought process behind that was that I wanted them to have a good time. A lot of people were traveling from out of town. And so it was kind of like, okay, well, if they can bring somebody with them, I can almost ensure that they're going to have a good time and they're going to be more willing to travel. I also, I don't know. I, I think it's okay. Like I'm thinking of Mary's and my families specifically. And let's just say we each have people in our families where like, they're not married. They may or may not be dating somebody. And there are some of them that I would trust to bring a plus one. And then there are, and then there are others who may or may not bring a complete train wreck for a plus one. <laughs> and you know your family better than anybody else. So I understand what I, Mary, I understand your point on making it the same for all family members. Like anybody who's not married does not get a plus one or everybody who's not married does get a plus one. But I do think everybody has that cousin who brings that girl and it's okay to not give that cousin a plus one, even if everybody else gets one. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. You know, your family and friends best. So use these as guys guidelines. Uh, back to the kids thing, we definitely want you to have a little bit more guidance when it comes to inviting kids or having a kid-free wedding. So we're going to link the episode on how to say leave your kids at home in the show notes. So be sure to check that one out. Yes, definitely. That is a must listen episode for anybody who is considering having a no kids wedding. It's all about how to tell your family and friends that you're planning to have an adults only wedding and how to manage their expectations and responses. One of my favorite episodes. I send it to everybody always. It is a good one. Mary, I would love to hear your thoughts about inviting people who have invited you to their wedding. Ah, perfect. Okay. So there is a statute of limitations on this one, y'all. <laughs> so if your friend from high school invited you to their wedding in 2018 and it's 2023 and you haven't talked to them since 2019, you do not have to invite them to their wedding. But if somebody has invited you to their wedding in the past 12 months, it is common courtesy to extend that invitation to them for your wedding unless of course you had a huge falling out or some other large event happened that has now put a wedge in your uh, relationship excellently put while you're building your guest list here are some really easy ones to just toss out right off the bat any unruly family or friends that you are worried will get out of control at your wedding, you really don't need to invite them in the first place. This might spark some challenging conversations with your family and friends, but if you are stressed out about the fact that your uncle or your cousin's sister's aunts, whatever, is going to act up or act out at your wedding, that is not a stress that we want you thinking about 
throughout planning your wedding on your wedding day, and then having to remember as part of your wedding day, if it actually does happen, throw that out. Absolutely. Now these next two depend on your personal relationships and the amount of people you are able to have at your wedding, but colleagues, coworkers, work friends, I've got air quotes up, you do not need to extend an invitation to them. You can to be friendly, but it is not necessary. Also, this goes to neighbors, unless you talk with them daily, you are in a walking club together, um, you borrow each other's salt, milk, cookware, I think you're safe to leave them off the list. Definitely. It's kind of like if you don't have a relationship outside of work with your work friends, and if you're not friends with your neighbors other than just being neighbors, then maybe that relationship isn't to the point where you necessarily need those people at your wedding. If you want to invite them, sure. But these are easy people to check off the list. This one's a little bit more challenging. So if you have friends or family members that have kind of gone MIA on you. We see it in movies or sometimes we hear about it from our friends and family about extending an invitation to your wedding to somebody that you've maybe become distant from or estranged from. Or even somebody that you met when you were five years old and you haven't seen since then. I'm going to throw that one in there. Sure, sure, sure. It really just comes back to your intention in extending the invitation. Remember that you don't have to invite those people. If you want to invite those people in an attempt to fix the relationship or to rekindle the relationship or to repair the relationship. Maybe ask them to coffee first. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm thinking of people who are like. Before you spend the money on the invitation. Weddings are emotional events. So if you are extending an invitation to somebody, hoping that it will repair your relationship, I just want to say right now, like, let's pretend that you and I are best friends sitting across from each other, drinking coffee. I'm just going to tell you right now that sending a wedding invitation is not going to magically fix your relationship with this person you've become estranged from. Mary made an excellent point when we were talking about this off air. (laughs) I'm doing the air quotes too. The air quotes are contagious. When we were talking about this (laughs) off air and, um, you know, maybe just ask them to coffee first, because the other thing too, is we don't want your heart to be broken. If they don't accept your wedding invitation, that is a huge step on your part and kudos to you. If you are trying to mend a relationship by extending a wedding invitation, but We don't want your feelings to be hurt if you extend such a huge gesture and it's not returned. So maybe start with something smaller, like a coffee date. And then if that goes well, maybe bring a wedding invitation with you and save yourself the postage. (laughs) Finally, the last group of people that you can just cross off your list is that B list. If you had a second tier of guests that you would want to invite because not all of your A-list guests were able to make it, don't even invite the B-list. Just don't do it. Save yourself the money. I completely agree. I had a totally different definition of B-list when we started this episode. If you are inviting people because somebody else said no, what are you doing? (laughs) 
(laughs) It makes no sense. You're like spending money on people that you didn't want enough to invite in the first place. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Obviously y'all, there are exceptions to every rule and we would love to hear from you. So you can send us a message at a toast events at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and send us a DM there a toast events on Instagram. Thank you all for joining us today. We will see you Friday until then. Remember that we love you very much and happy planning.